Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z, coming to you from the front seat of the old F-250 as I traverse Interstate 95 on the East Coast. Yes, my friends, it's a nighttime traveling edition of the Truth Hurts program, because I've got to get to work in the morning, so it's going to be an all-nighter behind the wheel, and then all day behind the desk. Ooh, what fun! hardly wait. I was just listening to a local talk show host on a local station somewhere along the I-95 corridor, and he made some pretty good points, although he's not very eloquent. He's not a good speaker. I could not stomach much of his voice, and I won't mention his name. He has a job. Maybe he owns the station. Maybe his uncle does, or his mother, or maybe... He inherited it. The guy doesn't sound like he's an idiot, but he does not have a good command of the English language. He took a phone call from a caller who said, I've never been polled to ask my political opinions, but yet I keep hearing about all of these polls. Now, remember what I told you two years ago about polls. Polls are designed, and the questions are written, and the people who are called are chosen based on past performance in polls, based on their political affiliations, their registrations, how they have voted in the past, etc., on exit polling, things of that nature. If you want tomorrow to ask a bunch of people whether they would prefer driving a Ford or a Chevrolet. Wouldn't you go to the voter, excuse me, the motor vehicle registration office, the motor vehicles office, and try and find out how many people have their Fords registered or their Chevrolets registered? And the average length of time of ownership of those vehicles? And then pick phone numbers that are listed for people who might, if you're looking to get good numbers for Chevrolet, you might want to poll people who have had their Chevrolet for years and years. They likely will tell you they love their Chevy, and that's why they've kept it for years and years and years. And if you want to get bad negative reactions from Ford owners, you get that motor vehicle registration data and you look for people who only had their Ford registered for six months, a year, year and a half maybe, two, because chances are they weren't happy with that Ford. And so you pick and choose the audience you wish to poll, number one, and you pick and choose based on the data that you collect prior to making the phone calls. That's number one. That's just just an easy one. Number two, if you don't have a landline, you know, the old Ma Bell telephone connected by a wire to the kitchen wall or sitting on a coffee table, the old-fashioned wired telephone, if you don't have one of those, chances are you will never be pulled because 
those telephone lines are permanent. They are installed in someone's dwelling. The polling organization uses landlines because those landlines tell the polling organization that they have a steady person, perhaps someone older, because young folks just don't have landlines as a general rule. Using this information alone, you should be able to extrapolate the type of voter that you're seeking. For example, back in the day, if you had an exchange in the 504 area code of New Orleans, and the exchange, meaning the three numbers after the area code, if that exchange was 522 or 529, pretty good chance that was a landline in the inner city of New Orleans. So you know who lives in the inner city. You gear your polling questions and your auto dialer to call people in that exchange within that area code. And that way you're controlling who you're calling. Then you gear the questions the way you want them to be. If you're talking to an audience that is likely or highly likely to support welfare, social security, food stamps, WIC, Section 8 housing, and other government programs, of course you're going to want to poll the inner city. And you're going to want to gear the questions something like this. Would you support a candidate whose sole purpose is to take away the benefits given to poor, underprivileged, underserved communities and minorities? Would you be less likely or more likely to vote for someone? You just gear the question to make it answered the way you want. That's how polls work. It's how they've always worked. If you want to ask people about electric cars and how popular they might be, would you call rural Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi? Or would you call Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland? And then you would gear the questions to make it very favorable sounding to support electric vehicles. If you're on the other side, you want to make it sound bad and you answer the questions, would you purchase an electrical would you purchase an electric vehicle knowing that there is no infrastructure in place to charge your vehicle and it might mean you would get left stranded on the side of the road? That's when you call Georgia. That's when you call Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas. You don't call Portland. You don't call Seattle. You don't call Los Angeles. You don't call San Diego, San Francisco. Because you're not going to get the answers you want in those polls. I hope I've enlightened you a little bit. It seems like common sense because I've known this for years and years and years. But many people don't know this. Many people just take a poll online, on Facebook, or whatever, and they answer the question without giving it much thought. Here's one, one of my favorites. Would you support a candidate who is 100% for murdering innocent children? Or someone who seeks to protect innocent lives? Anyone with an ounce of common sense 
And a conscience is going to say, well, of course I don't want to murder innocent children. And of course I want to protect innocent lives. Well, that's how you rig a poll question if you're trying to get a an audience to respond against abortion. If you're pro-abortion, you wouldn't say, would you support a candidate who would reach into a woman's cervix, yank a baby out at the moment of birth, kill it, suck out its organs, and then sell them to the highest bidder? A pro-abortion polled or an audience is not how you want that question to be read. You read those questions like, do you think a woman's body is her own and she should be able to make her own medical decisions? That's how you swing the polling question to support abortion. Okay, the GPS has decided to chime in and render her opinion. It's all about how the questions are asked and who the questions are asked of. Oh, you ended that in a preposition. You must be tired. You must be slipping. And this is the truth. I am tired. I am slipping. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Mr. Biden the feeble-minded Alzheimer's dementia patient who sits in the White House has said that we are on the brink of Armageddon, the end of the world as we know it, because Russia has threatened to use nuclear weapons in the Ukraine, because the Ukraine is kicking the Russian army's ass. He's threatening to use nuclear weapons. So Joe Biden, never one to think before he mumbles, fumbles, and stumbles, and bumbles, and mutters, and putters, and stutters, and stammers. He just made another stupid off-the-cuff remark yesterday or the day before. Hey, we're on the brink of Armageddon. We're on the brink of Armageddon. This is the bad expense. This is Cuban Missile Crisis when, when John F. Kennedy was president. I have a question for Joe Biden. If it's so so very similar to the Cuban Missile Crisis. If this nation is truly on the brink of Armageddon, if we are truly in a point in our American history that the world might be coming to an end because of nuclear weapons, why did Joe Biden go back to his beach house in Rehoboth Beach? <laughs> why, I ask? When John F. Kennedy was the president, he, his vice president, his joint chiefs of staff, his military advisors, his diplomatic leaders, his secretary of state, every important figure in the White House stayed up for days on end at the Situation Room in the White House, preparing for Armageddon, which was truly at our doorstep. 90 miles away from Miami, Florida. Joe Biden went home to his basement in his beach house in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, likely with his binoculars, scanning up and down the beach for little eight-year-old girls that he wishes he could rub, sniff hair, touch, hug, and have bounce on his lap. 
If we truly were at the brink of Armageddon, Mr. Biden, why did you go to your beach house for the weekend? Why didn't you stay in the White House and huddle with your advisors? Why? Because there is no threat of Armageddon, Mr. Biden. It's yet another one of the Democratic Party's crisis made-up stories. We have satellites. Every nation has satellites. And every nation spies on every other nation. And the U.S. and even Canada. Switzerland, for God's sake. Sweden, the Netherlands, Australia, New Zealand, England, France, Germany. All of them have been watching the movements of the Russian military. There has been no massive call-up of nuclear forces by Russia. Otherwise, we'd see that on the evening news. And if not in our country, we could certainly look at One America News. We could look at um, Al Jazeera. We could look at any of the other nations, the Chinese News Network, the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. No one is reporting any massive movement of nukes, Mr. Biden. So please, please quit lying to the stupider half of the nation who is dumb enough to believe your lies. The smarter half, the conservative, Republican-leaning half, we know you're lying because it's what you do and it is who you are and it is your modus operandi. It's your MO, as the cops would say. Quit lying to the American people. Quit making up these stories, Mr. Biden. It's an embarrassment for your party. I'm surprised they have not taking you down, taking you out. Surprised they haven't forced the 25th on you. Oh, if only the Republicans were in power, the impeachment could begin. Joe Biden has been derelict in his duties, malfeasance in office, all of his political ties to his cocaine-addled son, Hunter, with all of those overseas business dealings that are at best unethical and at worst downright illegal, criminal, felonious, traitorous, treasonous, seditionist. And yet they're spending their time on the media talking about Donald Trump, a man who hasn't been in office in nearly two years, making up their latest lie, their latest fabrication, their latest story their latest phony fake news. Why? Because they know he's a coming and he's a coming for Joe Biden. The reason Joe Biden has not announced whether he will run again or not is because Donald Trump has not announced yet. Donald Trump is in the driver's seat there. Joe Biden would not want to be beaten by the man he claims to beat last time. I'm going to shut down the virus, not the economy. But yet he shut down the economy, sent it into the toilet. And the virus is still raging. Biden's own people at the CDC, other health agencies are now warning 
just as I predicted in March and April when COVID cases started to go down, I said, just wait, wait for the October surprise, wait for the resurgence of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus and whichever variant they released this month, just in time for the elections, just in time to disrupt voting like they did last time, just in time. I warned you then, I warn you again. They are desperate. They are on the ropes and they know they are in heap big trouble. And they will do everything within their power and they will make up things that aren't in their power to shift and sway the voters of the United States of America in the midterms and of course two years from now in the presidential election. They've been allowing millions of illegal, criminal, trespassing, law-breaking, invading immigrants to cross the southern border, all in the hopes that they can get them to apply for a driver's license in a state with motor voter laws. You get a license, you're automatically registered to vote, hoping that out of those millions and I do mean millions, multiple, plural, two million since Joe Biden took office have crossed and been caught somewhere between five and 11 million have crossed and not been encountered by Border Patrol, by ICE, by CBP. They sneak through in the dark of night They send through the ones who want to be processed, the ones who want to be here and don't mind filling out the asylum paperwork. They keep the Border Patrol agents busy with those individuals, so busy that they won't catch the gotaways, those who get through and don't encounter the Border Patrol, the Customs and Border Patrol agents, Border Protection rather the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement people, the local and state law enforcement. For every one that gets through, up to five get away. So if they're telling you that two million have crossed and gotten caught, that means 10 million likely have crossed and not been caught, not been encountered, not been rounded up, cataloged, categorized. Those who are simply coming here, as they say, to seek a better life are still breaking the law. They're still criminals. Just like if I walk in and steal a television from Best Buy, I'm a criminal. I broke the law. I stole something. If I trespass into your property, I'm breaking the law. I'm violating the statute. Those who want to come in and get caught are hoping that they'll get to be dreamers and DACAs. They're hoping that they will get to stay and that they've been documented. And since they didn't do it illegally in their minds, even though it was illegal, even though they became documented, they're hoping they'll be first in line for the green card and eventually citizenship. Those who seek to come in without being processed, those who seek to skirt the law, who seek to 
find a way around getting caught by the Border Patrol, those are likely the criminals, the real law-breaking immigrants. Those are the ones who know if they do encounter Border Patrol, ICE, or CBP, they will be processed and sent back because they have criminal backgrounds. That's why for every one who comes in and presents themselves to the border authorities, there are at least five who seek to get in without getting caught because they have criminal records in their own countries, because they are likely trafficking in human beings and in drugs and in weapons. Joe Biden continues to use lies, deception, and of course, sleight of hand, the magician's trick, to trick everyone into thinking that he is doing a good job. And it's easy. It's easy to lie to people when you have a willing, mainstream, leftist, progressive, liberal, woke media out there. The news media, not medium, not one, all. Even Fox News has given this guy Biden a pass for the most part. Except for some of the more radical talk show hosts like Hannity. They've all given him a pass on the national stage. I honestly think I'm one of the only ones. I, I must really be the one of the only ones who is telling it like it is. Telling you the truth, no matter how much it hurts. We are at 41-year record inflation right now, friends. I'm not happy about that. I don't relish that. I'm not reveling in, in, in bliss. But Joe Biden's November, uh, excuse me, October of 2021 numbers will be, yes, thanks for dinging me for that. Uh, November of 2021 numbers will have to go up against Joe Biden's November and October and whatever of last year. Each month, is compared to the same month a year before. Joe Biden has been in office nearly two years. He had inflation, high inflation his first year in office, and now this year's inflation numbers are the highs as compared to last year's. Thank you, high inflation numbers. So if he was at 7% in August of last year and 8% in August of this year, I'm just throwing numbers out here. I don't have the actual figures in front of me. I'm driving. But you add up seven plus eight and you get 15% inflation whilst Joe Biden was in office. That is nothing to brag about. That means everyone has more month at the end of their money. That means at 8% inflation, you have worked for the last 12 months, but only gotten a paycheck for 11 of them. That's hard for some of you to comprehend. I tried explaining that to a woman today. She, and I'm not saying this about all women, but this particular female could not comprehend this simple premise. 8% of a 12-month period equals one month. If you don't understand it, ask someone who understands percentages. What it means is, 
If you worked 12 months out of the last 12 months, the inflation numbers, the cost of goods at 8% inflation means you only have the equivalent of 11 months of paycheck to buy stuff for that entire 12 month period of time. You have lost 8% of your earning potential, your buying power. What cost you last year $100, this year will cost you over $108, plus whatever taxes and the increase of 8% on those taxes. But that's okay. Some of you will still vote for Joe Biden because you're afraid the orange man is out there. You're afraid that if Ron DeSantis wins, he's not going to support your right to murder a baby up to the moment of birth. But here's the real question. How many women in America are planning on getting knocked up and killing their baby this year? How many? How many of you women are going out, being promiscuous, having sex and going, oh crap, I'm knocked up, I'm pregnant, I don't want this kid. I'm going to murder it. How many? We have 330 million Americans, 331. Half of them are men. And men cannot get pregnant no matter what these nut jobs are telling you. So, out of 331 million Americans, let's just use round numbers here. Let's take out 30 million children under the age of pregnant abilities. Okay? Now we have 300, so 150 million left. We'll take out another 50 to 60 million for the elderly who can't get pregnant because, well, that engine don't start no more. You following me? Let's just say there's 100 million left females of an age where they can have children. And we know it's probably more like 80, but let's just say 100 million. 100 million women have the potential of getting pregnant. You mean to tell me that that hundred million people want the right to murder an innocent unborn child? And in the course of four years, the lifetime of a presidency, a single term of a president's office, out of that hundred million women, how many women do you think this will directly affect? Do you mean to tell me that every woman with the ability to have a child because she is of the age to conceive every one of them is afraid that tomorrow they're going to get pregnant somehow they're all going to 100 million women are going to get raped 100 million women are going to have Uncle Fred come in and give them some incest sex 100 million women are going to want to have an abortion why is this so damned important to the Democrats that they are making this their only campaign argument? It's because they have nothing else whatsoever to run on. They can't run on Joe Biden's disastrous economy. They can't run on inflation, recession, empty shelves, supply chain woes, 
energy crisis. They can't run on his wonderful withdrawal from Afghanistan that killed 13 service members. They can't run on the border crisis that he has created because Donald Trump was well on his way to having the border under control. The Democrats can't run on the border. They can't run on foreign relations. When Donald Trump was president, little rocket man in Korea was not firing missiles over South Korean waters, over Japanese waters. Donald Trump would have squashed him like the fat little cockroach he is. He's not afraid of Joe Biden because no one is afraid of Joe Biden, except of course, people who served under Donald Trump in the White House, they're afraid because Joe Biden has declared war on anyone who dares to support Donald Trump in any official capacity. That's why it is much more important to jail someone who says, I have doubts about the election than it is to jail the people who actually killed, assaulted, burned buildings, flipped over police cars, rioted in the streets in Portland, Seattle, and other cities because a thug criminal animal named George Floyd died of a drug overdose and a heart condition and happened to be in police custody for committing a crime when his life ended and there happened to be a white cop with his knee on the man's back. This is where we are in America, my friends. And this is where I call this episode of the Truth Hurts program to an end. We'll see you next time. Make it a great day. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.